I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Investing beyond Brexit. As political turmoil weighs heavily on the markets, what action should you consider to ride out the volatility? As Christmas approaches, what could this year's must-have party accessory, a set of twinkly beard lights, tell us about investing? Interactive Investor's Moira O'Neill is here to debate the latest chin-scratcher with me. And will you be buying a present for your child's school teacher this year? Parents and teachers have been complaining to FT Money that cash collections are getting out of hand. Welcome to The Money Show, the FT's weekly podcast about personal finance and investing. I'm Claire Barrett, FT Money Editor, bringing you this week's news. Now, at the time of recording this podcast, Theresa May was still the UK Prime Minister, but as the Brexit negotiations descend into utter chaos, this may not be the case for much longer. Recent news events have caused sterling, UK stock markets and the price of government bonds to seesaw, and that volatility could intensify in the event of a Tory leadership contest, a general election, a no-deal Brexit or a second referendum, all of which are being considered likely possible outcomes. The only certainty for investors can be more uncertainty, but what practical advice do investment experts have to offer? I'm joined in the studio by FT Money's Kate Bearley and Lucy Warwick-Ching, who've both been writing about this issue in FT Money. Welcome both. Hello. Hi. So starting with you, Kate, how is the Brexit uncertainty playing out on markets? Well, it's clearly having a major impact on the currency markets. So today we've seen um, sterling slide to a 20-month low against the dollar, and that's been incredibly volatile. And in the options markets too, where we've seen volatility reach a real peak just before the Commons vote and now still looking really, really choppy. And that's obviously going to continue to be the case. And I I should say at the time of recording the podcast, Theresa May is now going to face a vote of no confidence but that vote hasn't happened yet so so you who know, knows? Or better off, you know, if she loses, Sterling could go down. Even exactly, more. and and it's you know we're just seeing that kind of gyrate on a kind of minute by minute basis. But even beyond uh, what's happening in in the kind of UK stock markets, which are also obviously feeling the pressure, we're seeing this major um, shift on global markets already from this era of kind of easy money and quantitative easing mm-hmm. in Europe and the US to a phase of rising interest rates, the end of QE, uh, rising inflation. That was already having a pretty major impact on markets before this UK-based turbulence. And some think that we could be heading towards
records recession, particularly in the US, in the next kind of two years. So, you know, we've got kind of Brexit on our shores, uh, that kind of market volatility over the world, and then also a China US trade tensions. There's a lot to be contending with, basically. Yeah, so the message really to investors is don't be blindsided by the short termism of Brexit, but look at the wider picture. And unfortunately, what's going on in the wider world at the moment, from Trump's tweets on the on the trade war to the threat of US recession, is ultimately going to have much more pressure on the FTSE 100 than, than Brexit will. So advisors, you've spoken to many in the last week to write this article. Now, they're saying how investors should manage this uncertainty, both in the wider world and in the UK depends on their end goals but also this can be linked often to their age yeah and this is the concept really that we're all getting obviously understandably quite caught up in this kind of brexit noise but depending on how long you're investing for you need to kind of think about that differently so for example older investors approaching retirement what they really need is income from their portfolio particularly if they're you know living off their portfolio in retirement now what that might mean in the context of brexit is that some of the things that they should be buying might look particularly unappetizing at the moment but that doesn't mean that they're not sensible choices for the long term so for example uk equity income funds now these have been really beaten up this year and you know the thought of investing in uk stocks for some feels unpalatable at this time but in fact for a start some of the big dividend paying companies in the uk are FTSE 100 stocks who will benefit if sterling slides in the short term, as their earnings come from overseas. And the big thing here is that if you need income, you really need that income to beat inflation. Now, that is getting trickier in the bond market, you know, connected to everything that's happening across the world and yields rising. And so what you need are equities that will give you income, that will kind of keep pace. And some of that has to come from the UK, particularly as the UK is such a good dividend payer. But right now, that looks a bit unnerving. Now, in the case of younger investors, they've got far longer for portfolios to grow. Mm. And in that sense, this kind of short-term Brexit mess, you know, has potentially less of an impact as they might be using this portfolio 20, 30 years down the line. And the message there is, Really, they need to be invested in growth equities, so things like emerging markets or Asian equities, for example. And again, emerging markets have looked particularly beaten up this year and will face far more volatility in the coming years, particularly, you know, if we do get kind of a stronger dollar and then a kind of big global wobble, emerging markets will feel that pain. It doesn't mean that over the very long term, those are good things to hold for younger investors who need a portfolio to grow. And we've also reported in recent weeks that cash levels among investors are higher than usual. Uh, yes. I mean, there are a lot of people who are thinking, you know, this is a very t- scary time to invest. I just want to hold cash. Take some profits. Take some profits. And, you know, that's not an unwise kind of way to be thinking. People would say, though, when it comes to cash, it very much depends on when you will need the money. Obviously, cash is doing nothing sitting in an account, particularly with rates where they are. But it is wise if you think that you will need money in the very short term to hold that in cash, um, as we just don't quite know what will happen. But interestingly, survey from Interactive Investor, which is an investment platform uh, conducted between the 6th and 11th of December, show that, in fact, there's quite an even split between people who have a strategy and will just stick with it and aren't doing things like cash in the portfolio. People heading for riskier investments, that's 13% of people they've asked, and then 10% who actually are trading more and really like the volatility. So it's not a case of um, everyone just diving into cash. 
all depends on your investment style. Personally, I'm sticking with what I've got. I think I'm young enough to to ride out the turbulence of the market. And also, frankly, I don't have time, given all of the political drama that's going on. But turning now to Lucy Warwick-Ching, with that thought in mind about short-term cash considerations. Now, in our cover feature this week, you've written about how readers may want to use some of their cash in order to do some intergenerational financial planning. Yes, well, the advisors that I've been speaking to, well, they've been reporting that with the growing political uncertainty that people are putting inheritance planning at the top of their to-do lists. So some of them have been cashing in some money and they're thinking, well, whatever the outcome, there may be some changes ahead. So if Labour gets in, so some people are saying that uh, CGT or capital gains tax or inheritance tax may come under the microscope. It's probably likely to come under the microscope. And so people are thinking, we'll make those changes and pass on that wealth now. And one of the reasons is that, say, with CGT at 20% for higher rate taxpayers versus income tax at 40%, mm. then people are thinking that CGT could very easily be increased and that the current IHT benefits of pensions are also looking highly likely to be touched. And when it comes to giving money away, um, one thing that really interested me about your part of the article is that advisors are saying, don't just think of your adult children, think of their children, your grandchildren, and how your wealth could maybe skip a generation and go towards helping them. Yes, definitely. Um, Lots of people are arguing that it does make sense to skip a generation because the younger generation are more likely to actually require this money the most. So the middle generation, lots of people have got onto the property ladder. They are doing okay, but actually it's the younger millennials that are likely to be struggling. So perhaps that could be things like paying into a pension for Mm. grandchildren and even maybe going a step further and so with children just being born so helping out with things like school fees and paying into junior ices and just making sure that you get the tax benefits things like looking at your existing gifting allowances people are definitely looking at the uh, benefits of passing money on to their to their heirs. Yes, well, a good thing to use those benefits before future government might take them away. Now, you mentioned there with the property conundrum, certainly there's lots of demand on the bank of mum and dad from the younger generation to fund a property deal. But one thing that James Pickford looked at in the same piece was, would it be better to buy them a property now or maybe wait until after next March in case prices fall further? An interesting dilemma. Well, we talk about this a lot in the money team. Lots of our readers have been thinking about perhaps helping their children buy property and we've been asked should we take advantage of this uh, discounted markets for properties and one of the buying agents that James Pickford talked to Henry Pryor was saying that some of the deals he's been ushering in through the past month have come in at uh, between 10 and 20 percent lower than the asking price wow So there's lots and lots to think about. But he was saying, actually, for those tempted to prioritise bargain prices over what the properties are actually like. So he was saying that you should be very, very careful. The thing is not to fixate on getting a good deal. You should just think about whether you're paying the right price for the property that suits you. So don't be tempted to rush in and get a property if actually in a few years time you might be looking to sell on that property and perhaps the market will be even worse. So you could end up saddling your heirs with just a property that they don't want to live in in an area that they don't want to live in. 
Well, very sound advice there. Thanks very much to Kate Bealey and Lucy Warwick-Ching of the FT Money team. You can read the cover feature, Investing Beyond Brexit, online now. Go to ft.com slash money. What can twinkly beard lights tell you about investing? The must-have Christmas party accessory for the hipster generation, a set of beard lights will not give you much change from £15. But are they worth it? That is a debate that Moira O'Neill, head of personal finance at Interactive Investor, has started in her latest column, and she joins me in the studio now. Welcome, Moira. Hi, Claire. So I should say for the record, first of all, neither of us actually have beards. I think that's important to point out. But you were struck by this product, which you saw on the internet, and tried to ascertain the investment value of a set of beard lights. Yes, and it costs around £10, which for many would think that's worth stashing in someone's stocking or giving to my partner for a bit of fun. But I think in terms of value, I mean, we do like to look at the... As investors, we tend to look at the value of things around us. I suppose it's it's like anything. It depends how much you want it in your life and whether you want or need it. And I think this is an excellent example of a product only being worth what you're prepared to pay for it. So many people would think that's just a bit of tat and it's a waste of money. Others would think I can impress the boss at the Christmas party with my beard lights. Maybe only those in the creative industries, as you point out. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) There it could lead to a promotion. Who knows? It could be great value. But I I thought we'd then look at value in investing generally and really what is an investment because beard lights someone might think it's an investment purchase I mean um, ladies might think of handbags as investment purchases too and there's Mm -hmm. lots of material things that we buy in our lives that um, we think oh that's worth the money and that's um, maybe it could turn out to be worth value uh, further down the line and in terms of beard lights there's plenty of examples of tat that's turned into riches over time um, handbags actually probably more of an investment case there because uh, a, an expensive handbag could turn into something very valuable but really these are all investment purchases and that's different to real investment I think the definition of a real investment is something that can turn into a uh, It can give you an income, it has potential for capital growth and it can really grow over time. And, you know, in terms of an investment, perhaps you should think about taking a stake in the companies that produce these material things. So, you know, take a stake in um, Firebox, which produce the beards or uh, Mulberry handbags or, you know, this is going to all add up over time. So as an investment strategy, would you say that value investing looks to be making a comeback? Well, certainly among customers of Interactive Investor, we've seen them trying to pick up bargains in investment trusts where value is perhaps easier to spot if you're particularly for a newbie because you can look at the discount or the premium to the net asset value and of course an investment trust is a business that's traded on the London Stock Exchange that has its its actual business is investing and so you can see the portfolio of investments that it holds and you can also um, see whether what that net asset value of the portfolio is and then you can see what the share price is and that will trade at a discount or a premium to the value of the underlying holdings so it's a bargain hunters like to look, follow investment trusts and try to pick them up and we did see um, investors trying to pick up um, UK um, investment trusts recently because a lot of them were looking um, like they were good value. And what about 
the chances of a Santa rally on the market? So that's something else that you've debated in your Christmassy theme. Well, this isn't, this isn't a value uh, play at all. This is really looking at trends in the stock market, and the stock market is seasonal. And the Santa rally is, uh, we looked, we crunched the numbers over 20 years, and it had actually happened in 19 out of 20 of those past years. Um, it's where the FTSE 100 has, a, has a, a rally during December, and people's um, money can get a bit of a boost and when we looked at the data it was actually the majority of the rallies had happened in the period between Christmas and New Year so Mm. it's not all over yet. So it's more a case of a New Year's Eve rally than a Santa one well judging by the state of the FTSE 100 at the moment (laughs) we will await with interest to see what happens thank you very much there to Moira O'Neill Head of Personal Finance at Interactive Investor you can read her column What Can Twinkly Beardlights Tell Us About Investing online now at ft.com slash money it's hard to look ahead to 2019 with much optimism, but we would like you to try. We're asking readers to tell us all about their financial New Year's resolutions, whether that's fixing your mortgage, sorting out your pensions or seeking a 0% credit card deal. To take our 60 second survey, please go to ft.com slash New Year and this will inform an article that we'll publish in January. And finally, has your Christmas shopping extended to buying a present for your child's school teacher? Parents with children at primary schools have been telling FT Money that class collections are becoming commonplace, with donations of five, ten, or even twenty pounds per child being asked for. Do the teachers deserve such lavish gifts for putting up with our darling sprogs, or has the cult of gift giving gone too far? Returning to discuss with me is Lucy Warwick Ching, our digital editor and family money columnist. Welcome back, Lucy. Hi. So you fit this demographic yourself and we both have lots of friends who certainly have been whinging about it. Yes well I mean I'm coming up against it for the first time so um, my son's just started at primary school and we've been talking about what to get the teachers for a present. As you say we've been having lots of discussions you know in the office and outside it with people coming to us and saying that, that they've been asked by their parent reps to donate say 10 or 20 pounds towards a combined present for the teacher and now that might be a lovely idea on first thought but what happens if you are somebody that can't afford to add 10 or 20 pounds to the parents gift you might have lots of other gifts to and Christmas is a very difficult time of year financially for lots of people it's just the idea that people are being persuaded to give to something that actually was never traditionally a a thing so buying a gift for a teacher is a relatively new thing and it's becoming an increasing thing because at the end of term this has been happening when primary school children move on to the next class and now it's extending to christmas and perhaps one of the reasons that it's happening is because of the digital revolution in communication so you and many other people at the ft and friends say that they're the member of a whatsapp group for all of the parents in the class which in one way is fantastic because you find out about the non-uniform day or the world book day or all of these other demands but on the other hand it's very easy for the class rep to issue these demands um, for cash and very hard for parents to then say actually I don't think that we should be contributing to this. What do schools have to say on the issue? The schools themselves say that you don't need to give gifts to teachers and especially at Christmas. I mean maybe the unwritten rule is that at the end of the year if you want to say thank you to the teacher then you can get a present at the end of the year but particularly at Christmas you know they teachers themselves say that a card is enough and actually one uh, person that wrote in just said actually a 
email to the teacher, perhaps CCing in the headmaster or the headmistress mm. about what a great job they've done, goes a much, much further than perhaps a bottle of wine or a box of chocolates. I think it makes the teacher feel awkward. And some schools, I was having a look on Mumsnet, and um, somebody made a, a very good point that actually some schools have registers that you have to fill in if you get a gift over worth over a certain amount so it's more admin for the teachers when they don't really need this well, it's an absolute minefield well also the whatsapp messages don't stop when the money is finally raised as then parents need to decide what to buy so we've had some hilarious examples one that i mentioned in my my column of a class mum who decided that a framed canvas print with the signatures of all of the children in the class would be the thing that that teacher really wanted um to hang in their hallway i think that almost a universal admonishment uh, in the comments that any teacher has ever wants such a thing also a hilarious example on twitter of a parental collection where it was eventually decided to buy the poor male primary teacher an elf costume for him to wear in class and a set of personalized wine glasses but no wine. <laughs> and I have to say, all of the teachers who um, spoke to me for the piece or commented on it afterwards have said that although wine and chocolates are very gratefully received, they often end up with so many they could open an own, their own shop and many of them actually get re-gifted. They're more worried about whether parents can afford it and whether children in the class who don't bring in a gift feel excluded in, in some way. But Lisa, you've been wading through the other comments on the article. I think one of the the comments that actually um, struck a chord is by somebody called jo- well calls himself Joe Bloggs, and uh, and they say it's the office staff and the dinner staff that need bribing. Huh. Did I forget to send lunch money for the kid again this week? Did I phone the school office half a dozen times, flip flopping between whether the kid came home on the bus or was getting a lift home from grandparents? They're the people that we need to keep sweet. Well, I would certainly say on that. Just like the teachers, they are paid a wage uh, to do this job, so perhaps we shouldn't feel the need to shower them with gifts. But some more from Twitter. Susan Kelly says, buy the teachers the gift of a board rubber so they can throw them at the kids. Slightly unconventional choice there, but I like your style, Susan. And finally, one from Calparnet Fitzpatrick on Twitter, who's a mum. She says, Claire, it's like you went into my head and wrote out my life. Well, a wonderful comment on which to end the podcast, I think. If you would like to read that column, it's on our website now, ft.com slash money. We'd love for you to join the debate and tell us what you think about buying Christmas gifts for your child's teacher. We also hear from teachers in the article saying what they would prefer. So thanks very much there to Lucy Warwick-Ching. If you would like to get in touch with us, our email address is money at ft.com or follow us on Twitter at ftmoney. We'll be back next week at the usual time. Goodbye. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high end brands. And the best part? 
They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 